What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. And man, last week was pretty incredible. Um, it was a special week for me. I had two absolute legends, behemoths in this industry. Um, two guests last week. I had Jason Phillips on the show and I had Dr. Jade Tata. Um, both of them just brought absolute fire and and so much knowledge to the show. It was incredible. The amount of feedback on those two particular episodes has been overwhelming. So I appreciate all of you guys. Obviously, we did the scholarship promo with Jason and NCI, which is still going on as of recording this. Um, however, that might be wrapped up by the time that you get to listening to this episode um, and the podcast with Dr. Jade. Uh, the way that he explains the metabolism and just all of the functions that are going on in such a complex system and his ability to simplify it. Um, it was such a great conversation for me, especially to just like geek out with somebody who has that level of knowledge and and just so much hands-on experience too. So really great week. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in, spreading the love uh, we hit a record number of downloads, and it's not surprising because you know Jason has a huge following. Jade has has a big following, so um, those guys definitely brought a lot of new listeners to the show. So if that is you, if you are new, I appreciate you tuning in. Um, hopefully, you've gotten some value from this podcast already. Um, I am just coming back from a trip to Charleston with my girlfriend, so Mel and I were there for. Um, I guess we were there for about five days. We left late Friday night. We got back Wednesday. And so really for me, it was only like a two-day week and it actually still felt like a really long week, which is funny. I came back and, you know, look, when I go away, I enjoy myself. I don't pay attention to macros. I like to eat good food. And Charleston did not disappoint. Like the hype around the food in Charleston was crazy. And I was a little bit skeptical. I'm not going to lie because anytime I hear something overly hyped, I usually that that just raises a red flag for me. But I can tell you that Charleston, you lived up to the hype. The food was phenomenal. Did not have a single bad meal. Um, there were some that definitely stood out more than others. If anybody is going to Charleston in the near future, I can definitely hook you up with some recommendations. Uh, we had some good drinks. We had good food. We walked around the entire city. So that's the one thing that I really try to prioritize. Like Mel and I both, uh, we got in workouts. There's a hotel gym that had a decent amount of stuff in there. Uh, some dumbbells. They had actually a Peloton bike. They had uh, they had some cable machine. They had uh, some medicine balls, different things like that. So we were able to get in a workout every single day, even if it was just like 20 minutes of metabolic conditioning, that sort of thing. But at least we were able to get in a session each day. We also walk a ton. So that's the, the other thing that I do on vacation. I always make it a point, even if it's like a relaxing beach day, you know, we'll go for a walk on the beach. We pretty much hit 10,000 to 20,000 steps every single day. So, uh, you know, some days we walked further than others, but always try and stay active on vacation um, and of course, get plenty of downtime. Uh, we both still worked. Uh, Mel started a new job, so she is super busy right now. I own my own business, so that never stops. But it was really good to just slow down because we've been going like 100 miles per hour uh, really for like months now. And it feels like 
I don't know if you guys ever have that feeling where you like finally slow down for a second, but, and then you realize in that moment, like how fast you had been going and it kind of all hits you. We both definitely had that realization of like, holy shit, we just need a minute here to chill because we've been super busy just with life. So it was great to get away. Um, yeah, I, I did a whole post about how I kind of balance things out when I'm, when I'm on vacation and what that looks like. But, you know, from a nutrition standpoint, I eat what I want. We, we pretty much have two meals uh, and just enjoy them. And then we'll, we'll snack, we'll get some stuff, you know, ice cream and things like that. But two big meals, that's pretty much it. Um, some snacks. And then we drink. Uh, I would have to say on average, I probably had four drinks per day, some days more. Uh, so, you know, definitely enjoyed, enjoyed ourselves. Uh, but but I, I, the point of the post that I made, and you can go and, and read it on my Facebook page, is essentially the 80-20 rule. And that's not what this episode is about. If you guys haven't been listening to me talk for, you know, if, if you're new to the show, welcome. I am a tangent talker. So this is just an intro that has nothing to do with actually what I'm going to be talking about. But anyway, um, I talked about the 80-20 rule. And 80% of the time, we should be consistent. You know, I talk about like the foundational pieces, the things that you do no matter what, kind of like your anchors. So like I mentioned, for, for me, it's getting those workouts in, getting the walking in, still, you know, prioritizing, um, you know, drinking enough water, that sort of thing. Um, 80% of the time, I'm checking the, the boxes, so to speak. And then 20% of the time, that's like the vacations, the restaurant meals, the alcohol, things like that. And you can break that down on a daily basis. You can break that down on a weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis. It depends on how far you want to zoom out. But the concept still applies. You make progress by what you do consistently most of the time. So oftentimes we beat ourselves up over like the one cookie or the one meal that we had that was just like a complete shit show or the one night that we drank too much and we felt like shit the next day. And we're like, Oh, I'm such a failure. I'm never going to reach my goals because of that one decision. And that one decision is super irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Mel and I were actually just taking a walk today and we were both saying how we're right back to feeling totally like just the same as we were before we left. So I feel just as lean as I did before I left. Coming off of like five straight days of eating and drinking a lot, there's definitely that bloated feeling. There's definitely that feeling of, of thickness and a little bit of, of heaviness that's going on. But you know, a few days later, and we're right back to, to where we were. So there's really like those short, acute moments are irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. The issue is when you allow those moments to then spill over into the next decision and the next decision, and it becomes more than just a moment or just one decision or just one weekend. It becomes this constant, consistent inconsistency, and that's when it becomes a problem. It's like, oh my God, I ate this cookie, so screw it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want for the rest of the day. And then the next day, you're like, well, I screwed up yesterday, so I might as well just wait until Monday to get back on track. Like, that's the mindset that actually keeps you stuck. It's not what you did in that one moment. You have to zoom out and keep things in perspective. So like I said, that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic that I am going to discuss today, but we can just jump right into it. So I wanted to talk about the truth behind body recomposition because I've been seeing a lot of misinformation out there. And anytime I start to see something 
I have a rule of three. If I see it three times, then I need to discuss it. So if I read one comment or I see a post and I'm like, yeah, that's actually not accurate. I kind of keep it to myself. I don't really do anything about it. If I see it again, second time, I'm like, okay, that's weird. That's two different times in two different places that somebody is spreading misinformation. And then the third time is like, nope, I have to talk about this. So body recomposition is one that I have seen recently discussed. And it seems like there is still this like gross misunderstanding of what it actually means. So before I get into that, I want to just frame what I'm referring to. So sometimes you'll hear people talk about body recomp. And when they say that, they say body recomp is when you turn body fat into muscle. That is an impossibility. Okay. You cannot take fat and turn it into muscle. They are two different tissues. They do not convert into each other. That would be a phenomenon that does not exist. That would be outside of the realm of science. So understand that that concept of recomp, when somebody's like, oh, you're taking your fat and you're turning it into muscle. No, you're not. What they might be referring to is you are losing body fat while at the same time gaining muscle or building muscle. That can happen. So I'm talking about recomp from the perspective of your body composition is improving through either the reduction of body fat or the increase in lean mass or muscle. So if you get leaner without losing body fat, that can happen if you're building muscle. So you don't necessarily have to lose fat to get leaner, right? So like right now, at whatever I am, I guess like 190 pounds, if I kept the same amount pound-wise of body fat on my frame and I gained five pounds of muscle, I would be leaner, okay? I would look leaner um, and I would be leaner because now less of my weight from a pounds perspective is body fat. So my body fat percentage would go down by building muscle. So I consider that a form of recomp. You can also keep the muscle that you have. Let's say I kept the exact same amount of muscle on my frame and I lost five pounds of body fat. I would also be leaner. So recomp, what we typically see is you're improving your, your body composition through both of those things, one or the other, or both simultaneously, which is oftentimes what people refer to or what they mean when they say recomp. It's like, okay, well, you are building muscle at the same time as losing body fat. Um, it's not very easy to do. So one of the best advantages that we have is when we're new to training, newbie gains. When you are brand new to training, it's a new stimulus. Your body has not adapted to it yet. So you're typically going to be a hyper responder. Um, I talk about openly how I ruined my newbie gains window because that was during my chronic dieting phase and I was not eating enough to take advantage of the muscle gains that you can achieve, which are like crazy. Building muscle is really freaking hard. When you're in that newbie phase of lifting and you've never done it before, take advantage, like eat enough and really try to build some appreciable muscle because that is the best window of opportunity. But there's something that often gets um, kind of, that seems to be misunderstood in the space. And that is that you are operating with two different types of signals. So 
it's not simply that building muscle occurs from a calorie surplus. And it's not simply that losing fat occurs from a calorie deficit. Now, a lot of people just reduce these two processes from energy balance. And they say, okay, well, if you want to lose fat, you have to eat in a calorie deficit, which is true. And then they say, if you want to build muscle, you have to eat in a caloric surplus, which is not true. So we have a lot of research and studies to back this up. There was one study that showed it was kind of a protein overfeeding study where they had the subjects eating in a calorie deficit and eating kind of overfeeding on proteins. They were well above one gram per pound of body weight and they built muscle on average, which was you know proving that you can be in a calorie deficit and build muscle. Um, we've also seen studies where individuals are eating at maintenance and not even strength training, but just taking um, testosterone. So they're taking exogenous testosterone and they are building muscle. So has nothing to do with the calories, has nothing to do with the training. It is a different stimulus, a different signal that is helping them build muscle. And then we also see studies where um, there is a caloric surplus in place and the subjects build muscle. But what does that tell us? That tells us that building muscle is a signaling process, meaning that it can happen from the nutrition side of things, from the training side of things, or from the hormonal side of things. Because in the study where the subjects were not working out, but just taking testosterone and they built muscle, what does that tell you? It tells you that you can achieve the objective of building muscle just through hormonal signaling. So keep that in mind because we often get confused about, oh, well, I just need to eat a whole bunch of calories to, to build muscle. And that's where the whole concept of the dirty bulk came into play because you would have these like bro bodybuilders who are like, I just need to crush all this food to build muscle. And what they end up doing is they build some muscle, but they mostly accumulate a lot of body fat. And then they're like, shit, well, now I have to get leaner and they end up cutting calories and they end up losing the muscle that they built and not looking any better. Um, and they have to fight to get off that body fat. And then it's like, all right, well, now I have to bulk again. And they end up in this cycle of you know never really looking the way that they want. Um, so if you understand the signaling process of building muscle, then you realize that you don't want to just pound a whole bunch of food just for the sake of it. I mean, sure, it's fun. And I often do recommend periods of maintenance or a slight surplus, but that's more from, yes, it helps with muscle building because again, right? We have nutrition, we have training, and we have hormonal signaling as the tools in the muscle building toolbox. Um, but we don't always want to play the same hand. There are times where eating in a surplus can help from a metabolic standpoint, from a, a hormonal repair standpoint, from restoring homeostasis standpoint. So there are benefits outside of just building muscle. Um, However, we have to think about it from the perspective of we want to maintain the muscle that we have because of how beneficial it is to our metabolism, um, to our performance, to our well-being. Um, you know, remember that muscle is a metabolically active tissue, which means it requires a bunch of energy to maintain. So if I have more muscle, I'm going to burn more calories at rest. My body has to work harder to maintain that muscle than it does if I have more body fat. So 
from a for kind of from a metabolic advantage standpoint, if I can keep the muscle that I have, that is going to help me metabolically, but also from a body comp standpoint. So remember, we're talking about body composition. We're talking about body recomp. One of the best ways for me to get leaner is to build muscle and or lose body fat. If I can do both at the same time, then that's amazing. That's like the, you know, the gold standard. That's what everybody wants to do, which is not really easy. So that's why we often talk about phasing things so we can accomplish body recomp through phases of losing fat and then phases of building muscle or maintenance. What most people do incorrectly is they cut all the time. They're always in this, this kind of chase of less body fat. And that's like the only thing that they do. It's the only hand they play. They just are always trying to drop calories and lose body fat. And I'm not saying that that is, I'm saying that from personal experience as well as, you know, having coached a, a large number of people throughout my career, it's very common, like super common. It's just this perpetual, I need to get leaner. So I need to eat less. And that's the mindset always of, I have to drop body fat. I have to drop body fat. And then the association is I have to keep lowering calories in order, to, in order to accomplish that goal. The problem is that when you are too restrictive, you oftentimes are sacrificing your muscle. You're, you end up losing muscle, which puts you in a worse place metabolically. Now, there's a whole, a whole slew of other reasons why being too restrictive and going too low on calories you know, ends up putting you in a position to regain weight so easily. There's a lot of trade-offs that happen there from a metabolic standpoint, hormonal standpoint, psychological standpoint, which a lot of people overlook. But the more that you restrict, the more that you deprive yourself, the harder it is psychologically to sustain and maintain what you're doing. So what most people do is they cut too often and too restrictive, um, and they do it too frequently. They, they do it for um, too long of a duration and they end up sacrificing their muscle, sacrificing strength, sacrificing performance. Those are not things that you really want to sacrifice when you're trying to get leaner or when you're pursuing body recomp. Because if I want to build muscle and at least maintain muscle while I'm getting leaner, it helps to be able to perform well. It helps to be able to lift heavier weights and continue a progressive overload style of training. It helps to be able to recover more effectively. And without enough food, without the proper nutrition, you're leaving a lot of results on the table. So always going super low calorie and trying to cut lower and lower, uh, you're, you're kind of sacrificing a lot for not that great of a benefit. Like, sure, maybe you can expedite the fat loss process just a little bit, but what good does that do if you're going to gain it right back, if you can't sustain it. So all of this to say that you should not be so aggressive in your calorie deficits. Stop going so low so frequently. Because if you are, if you're taking it from the, the standpoint of a modest or very slight deficit, you might get frustrated because you don't see change happening as quickly as you want, which you need to get over because that is just tying you know, that it's short-sighted. It's like the instant gratification mindset. If you know all of the trade-offs of going too low too frequently, then stop doing it. Plain and simple. If you are going through a slight 
or moderate deficit. You should be able to maintain your performance in the gym. You should still be able to lift heavier. You should still be able to recover effectively. You should not be struggling with energy all the time. You should not be struggling with cravings and hunger all the time. You should not be sacrificing sleep quality. You should not be stressed all the time. These are red flags that you are putting too much stress on your body as a whole, too much stress on the system. Your body's not going to respond. If you want a surefire way to avoid body recomp, put yourself under an abundance of stress. So with a slight deficit, what that allows you to do is lose body fat while maintaining muscle, if not building it. So we had a great um, client story recently that I just shared. You can go onto my Instagram page and look at this story. Um, One of Trisha's clients, her name's Emily. She came to us with a horrible relationship with food. This is, you know, her kind of, this is what she mentioned to us that she had this horrible relationship with food and she felt like she was setting a really bad example for her kids. And she was worried about her daughters and she didn't want them to see the constant perpetual dieting cycles that she was going through. She didn't want them to see the restrict and binge. She wanted to set a positive example. So she also wanted to look better because she did not feel confident in her body. She wanted to achieve a physical result. And she was concerned that those goals did not align. She's like, well, can I do this and really repair my relationship with food while I pursue my physical goals? And when she wrote her testimonial and she sent it to Trish, she had lost 30 pounds, 12% body fat that she lost and she did an in-body scan. The in-body scan said that she lost zero pounds of muscle, maintained all of her muscle. However, she mentioned that she was consistently hitting PRs in the gym. So that is the power of body recomp, maintaining or building muscle while you are getting leaner. So her energy didn't have to sacrifice. She didn't have to sacrifice energy. She didn't have to sacrifice performance. She didn't have to sacrifice strength. She didn't have to sacrifice muscle. So what that allows her to do is now stay in a position metabolically where she can maintain her new level of leanness and she can continue to make progress based off of her goals. So she might decide that she wants, I mean, she's already pretty lean now, like super lean. Um, If you go to, again, go to my Instagram, look at her pictures. She's very lean right now. But if she wants to get leaner, if she wants to build some muscle, if she wants to continue on the path of better fitness, whatever that looks like for her, she is in a prime position to do that because Trish knows not to sacrifice the trade-off of constant energy restriction, of constant low calorie and doing it so frequently. Trish put her in a very slight deficit with periods of maintenance with periods of diet breaks, with refeeds, helping her to be able to drink wine. She's, you know, talked about wanting to be social, wanting to, you know, have dinners with their kids and not worrying about what what she was eating at the time and just removing the stress around food. So building that into the process, she's able to live her life, get the results that she wants, because we know that from a long-term sustainability standpoint, that's the most effective way to do it. It's really quite simple. And a lot of times people come to us and they're like, nothing works. You know, I've tried everything, nothing works. And it's like, you actually haven't tried everything. You've just tried different versions of the same shit. It's just different versions of calorie restriction. It's just different versions of deprivation. 
It's just different versions of perpetual dieting, always coming back to the same thing, which is I need to figure out a way to eat less and do it for a longer period of time. And that's what's gotten you into this, this mess in the first place, is always thinking that that's the solution. If you want a different result, you have to take a different approach. So the point is that, first of all, let's clear up what body recomp actually is. You cannot turn fat into muscle. You can lose body fat and build muscle. Um, you can also lose muscle and build and, and gain body fat. Um, but you can't turn one tissue into the other. So if I were to like, you know, stop lifting and I started doing a whole bunch of cardio and I reduced my calories, then my body would be like, okay, we're not using this muscle. So I'm going to break it down. I'm going to use it for energy instead because we don't need this. So my body would break down muscle and then would use it for energy, um, which it doesn't want to do. But if you send the signal that it's not needed, then that's what your body will do because it's very adaptive by nature. So what would happen in that, you know, in that situation is I would lose a certain level of leanness. I would start to look skinny fat because I'm losing muscle. That muscle is not turning into fat. What's happening is the excess calories that I might be eating. Let's say I start to, you know, I get really hungry because I'm reducing calories and now my metabolism is slower because I don't have as much muscle. And now there's this whole hormonal situation of increasing ghrelin. So my hunger goes up, my cravings go up, my willpower goes down, and all of a sudden I binge and my body is now like a sponge. All of those extra calories now are going to be stored as body fat. That's not muscle turning into body fat and you can't turn body fat into muscle. You can, you, you can lose body fat. Again, it's like taking energy out of the fat cell and using it and then you burn it. And then you can also build muscle um, in the same type of, you know, again, that's can happen simultaneously, but it's not one turning into the other. So I, I wanted to make that very clear because I've, I've seen a few different explanations about what body recomp is. And it just seems like there's a little bit of misinformation out there. Um, but the main point that I want to make is we want to maintain our muscle mass or build it. So it doesn't mean that you have to just pile in a whole bunch of calories. It means that we can accomplish that with different tools. Like, like I said, it's more of a signaling process, either hormonally from a nutrition standpoint or from a training standpoint. So we want to use the tools that we have, the assets that we have, and not just always play the hand of eating more than we need to. Um, and then from a fat loss perspective, we want the minimum effective dose. Okay, we don't want to put ourselves in a position of jeopardizing our metabolic rate, jeopardizing our muscle mass, jeopardizing our energy, our willpower, all of these things that we need. We don't want to do that. It's not worth it. Again, if that was going to work, it would have worked by now. And we've seen a lot of evidence that it doesn't. So hopefully this clears the air for a lot of you guys. Um, hopefully this was helpful. Let me know if this is making sense. Um, this is like one of the main reasons why our clients get the results that they do. It's because we take that, again, that metabolic priming very seriously because we want them to make progress for life. This is not about making progress through the six months that they're working with us. That time frame is great. They can achieve a lot and, and you know, cross off some goals and do a lot of things that they didn't imagine possible. But it's about giving them the tools to be successful for life. 
And if we don't put them in a place metabolically to continue doing that, and also from a lifestyle standpoint, just knowing how to have that balance and incorporate those things that they enjoy, then we're not doing our jobs and we wouldn't be as successful as we are. Um, I think we do it better than anybody out there. So that is just my very biased opinion. But if you need help with this, please don't hesitate to reach out. It doesn't have to be that complicated. You can just hit me up on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, or you can shoot me a message on Facebook. It's just Mike Milner. Um, Guys, let me know if you enjoy this. Take a screenshot, post it to your stories. Always, please leave a five-star rating and review. Hopefully this was helpful and I will talk to you guys very soon.